Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> Basically, I decided I made the executive decision. Megan decided last night because yes. I have to edit this bitch. Yes, we're gonna split our final episode for this season into two parts. Yes. So this is part one, which is specific to The Godfather One. Correct. And both movies are actually close to three hours in length. So had we watched them back to back, oh my god, which is what I would have preferred, but I understand why we didn't. That would have been six hours. Yeah, of, we would have been up until like two in the morning of mafioso family drama. So, so this is part one of of two parts. Part one. Part one, episode fifteen. I can't believe we've done 15, 15 episodes. episodes. Good job, man. That's insane. We just started this because, you know. We, we were angry about The Last Jedi. Yeah, I was so, I'm still <laughs> pissed off about The Last Jedi. I feel like I should do a bonus episode that's just me. No, no, no. Uh, during the interim until like maybe the fall rolls around and we start to pick this up again. Right. But maybe just me. I have so much to say. We could do little bonus ones that are like, you know, five minutes long yeah, or something. Yeah, something like that. We'll Anyways. figure something out. But we figured this would be a good one to end on because Megan has never seen no. the Godfather movies. I came across uh, another friend of mine who hasn't seen the Godfather movies either. Well, and she's a film director. Yeah. Like, so, I feel like I have an excuse. I don't have an excuse. You don't really Never don't. mind. But that's the thing, though, is I feel like I'm not alone in being a person that hasn't seen this. Yeah, but but again, like, Caitlin, if you're listening, and you probably she are, probably how dare you, first of all? <laughs> how dare you? I think your brain is going soft. I, I, I cannot wrap my head around people having not seen this movie. It is such... A, a staple not only for film but I feel like it's like Americana as well like right if, if you talk about not only great movies but like anything related to to like great American filmmaking right Francis Ford Coppola of course comes up and The Godfather comes up probably in the next sentence right you know, so yeah Anyhow. We 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 haven't even talked about our week we've oh, we just yeah, delved right into this I mean mine I guess I'll take over from here. Yeah, go. Um, mine, I don't know. It, it felt pretty mellow in the sense that this is like my first full week back in New York in like over a month, That's I right. feel. That's right, yeah. You know? um, just because I've been doing a lot of traveling for The Texture of Falling, which you can rent or buy on Amazon <laughs> if you are so inclined. I don't know when it will be streaming on other services, but again, you can rent or by The Texture of Falling. You can search that name. You can search my name on Amazon. You can just search my name in general. <laughs> and well, be very careful what you Google. Yes. What are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? Be careful when you Google name. Ben's name because might... since he was in a couple of films that were, we'll just say celebrations of homosexuality. They required nudity. Uh, they required nudity and, you know. You know. There's some dangling participles out it's, there. Uh, it's all out there. Uh, and that's not me and being that's, clever. No. <laughs> that's, it, it, 
it simply is. And <laughs> if you want to see me naked, oh my god, go ahead. Okay, I can't control what you. So search. you, this is your first full yeah. Week back so in New York. it was nice, uh, just kind of getting back into into work. There's a big sort of uh, challenge happening uh, at Row House right now called Beat the Heat, where everyone's rowing a bunch of meters in like six weeks. So I'm. Stepping up to this challenge, I think I'm about thirty thousand meters in right now. God. I uh, I love rowing, guys. And if you're not good. doing it, you should do it or at uh, least give it a shot. Well, okay. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> there are so many people that I see at the gym using the rowing machine so wrong. Right. It's. I don't blame them though. It's not their fault. No, because there's no intuitive way of doing it. It's not like the elliptical where you just hop on right, and you can figure right. it out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. rowing is hard. Yeah. So if you're you know curious about doing something that's low impact. Great cardio. Yeah. If you have any questions, you can send me a message. Or, Let me know. you know, just you even can... look up a YouTube video. Yeah. There's yeah. YouTube videos out there. That teach you how to row properly. Yes. So. Anyways. Anyways. Rocket is getting dangerously close to the microphone. He so is. To... I realize he's been in almost every single episode yeah. making some kind of snorty noise or doing something. And, uh, big deep breaths are on here, bud. Yep. You're, you're a part of this now. Yep. <laughs> My week, I don't think anything crazy happened this week for me. No. I mean, I... Guys, life is often mundane and we need to be okay with that. You know what? And the other thing too, I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of your like family friends from Salem mm -hmm. when I said, yeah, you know, we usually stay, you know, at home watching movies, doing puzzles. We, do, we have a lot of puzzles, guys. I posted this on Facebook and one of your like family friends from Salem commented, but you guys live in New York. I thought you guys would be out every night. And I'm like, uh... okay, A, it's New York. So we can't afford that. Right. A lot of things are expensive. A lot of things are expensive. I work very early in the morning on weekdays. Ben works early. I have a job. Right. Like, we, we <laughs> have literally not enough time in a doing. Day. Yeah. Granted, I think some stuff maybe we don't have an excuse for. We, like, for example, we have seen two Broadway shows since we've lived here. Uh, since we've lived here. Yes. I feel like we've seen more than that. No. We saw Warpaint. Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, okay. Then we saw Waitress. And Waitress. Okay. So we've seen three. Okay. We've seen three shows. We should see, we should be seeing more. Okay. Well, you want to you pay for it? No. <laughs> so if you're out there and you're connected to a Broadway show and can get us free tickets. We'd there appreciate are ways. That. There are ways though. I feel well, there, like yeah. there are creative ways for like TKTS and things like that. There's there broadwayforbrokepeople.com. And there's also my uh, my alma mater who I'm sure has some sort of discount Wait, because what? I'm I'm an alumni. Yeah. Well, no, I know that, but you get a discount? I'm sure I do. I just noticed you have <laughs> shoes on the bed. I'm sorry. Why do you have your shoes on the bed? Because they were too tight and I didn't want to take them off. Are you serious? Yeah. We're invested now. This is this is just the way it okay. is. Okay. All right. Um, Anyways. But, but yeah, you're right. I feel like there are things that we should explore about our city. And we're getting a little bit more into this in that, like, no, this is home now. Right. We've been here almost three years. Yeah. We really need to start exploring the city we live in. But again, like, we live in Manhattan, and... We don't really want to leave Manhattan, no. let alone our neighborhood. No. So it's it's really hard it's to really get out hard, of our comfort zone you know? because it's so comfortable. It's so comfy, and you went out to 181, the cafe across the street last night, 
and nobody came and waited on you. No, I waited you had to 25 move. minutes, and I finally you had to move to the like, bar across the street. I, I'm going somewhere because else. Because no one would come out. See what happens when you go outside. This is what happens when you leave your apartment. No one will serve you alcohol. Right. We did go on a walk the other day. That, that was, was nice. That was fun. Yes. Wasn't that walk nice? That was a nice walk. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. I really liked it. It was nice to go on a walk that didn't involve rocket. It was a beautiful sunset. It's almost like God painted a picture for us. Speaking of gods. Speaking of gods. And their fathers. And their fathers. Oh, I see what you did. There we go. Okay. That wasn't ham-fisted at all. Not at Not all. A bit. We watched The, the Godfather. Godfather Part 1. Fredo, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Godfather quote here. I that's what I'll do. <laughs> that's why I'm the editor. That's what I do. Uh, uh, Megan's yeah. first time. My watching first time the seeing it. Do you have the IMDb ready? I have the I am Derber Rigger. I'm Derber. Uh, the Godfather made in 1972. The breakdown per IMDb is pretty brief. The aging patriarch of an organized crime dynasty transfers control of his clandestine empire to his reluctant son. Ah, I, I, mean, I don't feel like that's it right. It goes much deeper than that. There are other ones that are like way long. Like Michael, the young and idealistic son of Vito Corleone, the head of the most powerful mafia clan in New York, returns home as a war hero and is determined to live his own life. But tragic circumstances make him face the legacy of his family. That's a little bit deeper. That's better. Yeah, I because feel like that's better. Not only is this a a family centered story, but right. it specifically has to do with Vito Corleone and the eventual transfer of power to Michael. Right. Who, again, due to circumstance, didn't uh, maybe he no didn't one... really plan on doing that. Originally. Right, and it's something he didn't really want. No, you know, he's the one who who registered or registered to fight. He registered. Uh, he registered he to went fight in the and Nazis. Registered to fight the Nazis. Nazi. Um, he re <laughs> <laughs> is that what you yell every Nazi. time you kill a yes. Nazi? But you don't. You didn't expect Michael Corleone to 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 pick up the mantle from his father no, and take over the uh, spoilers. He takes over the family. Uh, came out in 1972, starring. Uh, Marlon Brando, of course, as Vito Corleone. Al Pacino as Michael. Jimmy Kahn! James Kahn as Sonny. Uh, Diane Keaton plays Kay. Robert Duvall is the consigliere. Tom Hagen. Uh, Abe Vigoda fucking is Tessio. Talia Shire, I would say, or reference Rocky, but you haven't fucking seen it. Nope. So Talia That's Shire, season two. who is Francis Ford Coppola's sister, uh -huh. plays Connie. Uh, John Cazell plays Fredo. Right. Um, a lot of really great stories referring to John Cazell, and uh, he he died. He died some years after this oh. from cancer. And he and Meryl Streep were actually seeing each other. Oh. Which sort of threads into another movie, Kramer vs. Kramer. But maybe that's a okay, whole trivia thing. Okay, in my head, right. I thought we were going to go to a totally different movie. <laughs> it, it, threads, it actually threads in. John Cazelle was also in a movie called The Deer Hunter with Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro plays the young Vito Corleone in Godfather Part Two. So it's well, like this whole crossover. Well, but let's talk about Marlon Brando's masterpiece, which is Don Juan DeMarco. Oh, God, I never saw Don Juan. No woman has ever left my arms unsatisfied. What? Okay, the fact that I haven't seen Don Juan DeMarco with Johnny Depp and <laughs> the fat aging pumpkin that is Marlon Brando, I'm not, I'm not sorry for that. Okay. No one has seen Don Juan DeMarco. I think 
there are people that have seen Don Juan DeMarco. I don't think Johnny Depp has seen Don Juan DeMarco. Probably not. Or if he did, he was so high he doesn't remember Uh, it. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, written by uh, Mario Puzo Coppola. And uh, yeah, Mario Puzo actually adapted his screenplay from the novel. And these two guys were were the only ones. Mario? Mario. You said Mario. Did I say Mario? You said Mario twice. Is it Mario Puzo? Mario Puzo. It's, well, it's not Mario Brothers. <laughs> His name's not Donald Corbin. I'm a Mario! <laughs> I'm a Mario! <laughs> so these two are the only ones involved in the writing process, which I think is, you know, uh, to their credit, and yeah. the script is very tight. Yeah. Like, so, I, I don't, do you want to dig into it first, or should I dig into it first? Why don't you first? dig into it? Because this was your first time seeing it. Correct. I'm, I would love to hear, because we talked about it a little last night. We did. I want to hear a little bit more in okay. depth. I actually, so normally I take my notes, but I had a really hard time reminding myself to take notes last night because oh. I got so invested in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a good thing. Uh, so, like, one thing that I immediately thought once the movie opened, because it opens with the wedding, which you said is a great way yeah. to introduce all the characters, you know, who everybody is, you know, what their deal it is. It is constantly like, referenced as one of the best movie openings. It's 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 perfect it's like it just it's it covers all the exposition that you need without getting too much into it it's it's just enough that you're like all right i know what it introduces everyone yeah and also the nature of what Vito's business is not like the day-to-day but like why is he called don corleone if his name is Vito? well his name is but he because he's a don he's what's a don he's a mobster he's the the head of a mafia family that's a don I thought that was his name. Don Cor... You thought his name was Don Corleone? I did! Everybody Donald kept... Corleone? Yeah! Everybody kept calling him that! What about Don Barzini and Don... Don Cuneo I just and Don Tattaglia? I just heard Barzini thought... and I was like, wow, why do these guys... all these guys named Donald are the head of these you, really powerful this fans. is what I was saying! Jesus uh, this Christ This is what I was saying. Sale. I was like, I can't keep track of all these people all these because people they all have Don? the same names. Are they or if not Don, thought, it ends with a Izini or I thought you Azoni. Were being slightly or, racial, and I now you're like, I can't not. keep track of all these Italian names. No, I literally can't. <laughs> I don't were. know. It's like the only reason I can figure out who Michael is is because his name is Michael. Is Mike. Michael. It's like he might as well have been named Bob because <laughs> then I would have been able to, you know. Oh my God! You thought his name was I did. Don I thought Corleone. his name was Don Corleone. <laughs> Why is that so funny? That's People calling that. No. That's People are like, he's like, you don't even come in here and call me Don, the Godfather. I'm Don Corleone. I was like, okay, you just said your name is Don Corleone. (laughs) Call me Don. You call me Don, Donny, for sure. Right. You know, uh, at any rate. So Jesus Christ. Back to what I was saying. Anyways. Uh, so the wedding. Yes. Uh, that actually reminded me of Heffest. Which my family used to do every single summer. Right. You know, massive barbecue. There's a pool. There's, like, tennis. People are camping out in the yard. And there's fireworks. The wedding was like Heffest, but with Italian mobsters. There was (laughs) so much going on. So much happening. People singing and encouraging each other. But then also some shady shit in the back. But then back out to the cave. Yeah. You know, it was great. I loved it. I loved, but it also helped like really solidify the culture, which I think is an important dimension to the story in a lot of different ways. Because you have a balance of family, clearly with this, with this event. Like actual literal family, not quote unquote family, mobster family. But then, you know, as, as is Sicilian tradition, no Don can refuse 
a request on the daughter on on the Davis daughter's wedding. Now in my head, it's like all the same veto. They're just wearing different hats and have different <laughs> facial hair. They're all it's all Dons. Michael. They're just look a little bit different. Well, they, right. No, no. These people are coming to Vito Corleone. Right. For favors. For as favors. You saw, right. You know. How annoying would that be, by the way? I mean, well, like you you're can at your see wedding it. and like your daughter's wedding, and someone's like, "Hey, um, listen, I know you do voiceover, so could you do some voiceover for me, just for this one thing? It's actually it's for my outgoing voicemail. I have a weird voice. Would you mind doing this for me? Right. That'd be really well, great. You can kind of see the look on Vito's face where he's he's constantly asking Robert Duvall is like okay are we done who's next etc et right. if you don't mind I'd like to go to my go back wedding. to my daughter's et wedding et yeah so yeah like it's it's, it's like it never stops it, it doesn't it it's doesn't. like running your own small business you're always on the clock right, right exactly you're always on the clock as a mobster this is the life of a man named Don working I thought immediately, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, Fredo's a fucking dipshit. <laughs> the second I saw him, I'm like, I don't, I know something happens with him and I don't know what it is. I was like, this guy already rubs me the wrong way. Right. Maybe it's his massive forehead. <laughs> I don't know. But he oh. already came across as just kind of like this weakling. And I'm like, how is he the older brother? Right. He right. doesn't look like the older brother. Yes. He looks like the scraggly weakling. And I thought actually what was really interesting to me and something that stuck out to me is that even though okay hang on I liked the movie good the fact that it was three hours and I didn't feel it yeah I was like when we we got to the end of the movie and the credits started rolling I went no well, the, the, the end comes pretty abruptly it in does that it's almost like the closing of a book yeah almost but it's it's more like if you break up I hate to draw parallels between, like, other trilogies, I guess. Sure. Because part three of this trilogy, they kind of just screwed the pooch, in my opinion. That's what I've heard. And th there's a lot of reasons for that. Maybe we can get into that and maybe even review Godfather Part 3 at some point. Uh -huh. But, um, shit, what was I saying? I don't know. I don't know what Drawing I parallels to trilogies, I was oh, talking yeah, about Oh, yeah, so, so the ending. Okay. So the ending. Oh, ending. The ending yeah, comes very abruptly. It yeah. feels like the close of a book, but... If you if you think of other trilogies and how one sort of threads into the other, well, it's kind of like you were saying, like with Game of Thrones, yeah. where it's like when you come to the end of a season of Game of Game of Thrones, you're like, no, what what, what yeah, happens? Yeah. And it like, it still, always feels abrupt. There's still more story to tell, right. but you have to wait. Right. Exactly. And truth be told, they already had the sequel in mind halfway through filming because not only things were were going very well, but mm -hmm. the story in itself was just mm -hmm. that good. And you were referencing how the movie kept your attention the entire time. Yes. And that's because, again, of tight writing, um, a really tight ship from Francis Ford Coppola as far as directing and keeping on schedule. Right. I'm curious to... Uh, that, that'll thread into trivia later. But okay. The uh, the amount of time it took to shoot this movie. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. about that. Because yeah. there's like so... It's not even like locations. There's a ton of them. It's like... There's several locations, but one of them is fucking Sicily. It's like, <laughs> you know, we had to go all the way over there. Right. Um, so what I was saying, though, what, what really stuck out to me in this movie was that even though, you know, these people were, were doing terrible things, they're killing people, the lawyer was actually a really nice guy. Yeah, Tom Hagen, yeah. He seemed like a perfectly nice guy that yeah. just kind of got... I don't know if he even necessarily got pulled into a bad life, but he sort of reluctantly agreed to be a part of it and has found his place and knows that he's a good asset to yeah. it and finds belonging and you know I felt really bad for him because he's a good guy 
he seems like he's a good guy, but he's just, he's a lawyer for mobsters, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it actually brought a lot of depth knowing that these people, even like Vito playing with his cat at the opening of the movie. Yeah. Um, like there were just little things that really humanized these people. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're doing terrible things, but they're human, yeah. you know, they, they have emotions and. Um, the other thing, there was another thing that stuck out to me that I thought was kind of drastic, but I sort of justified it, was the fact that Michael is like, no, I'm not my family. I don't do that shit. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then as soon as his father had an attempt on his life, he just fucking switched gears. Mm-hmm. It was all about what can I do to get back at these people. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was just a really drastic 180 mm. to go from, no, I refuse. I'm not going to be a part of this. Mm. But then as soon as his father is hurt, which mm-hmm. that's the part where I'm like, you know, it's your dad. Okay, now I get it. Sure. You know? So, yeah. But it was it was a very drastic 180. I kind of wished it was fleshed out a little bit more, his thought process. Yeah, I I agree with that. I feel like there are moments in this movie where you really get to, to spend time in his brain. Mm-hmm. One instance is right before, spoilers, he shoots Solozzo and the police captain. Right. Where and and this is something that you referenced while we were watching it. There's almost no music. There's in no this movie. music in you this have, movie. You have the Godfather, like you have the waltz theme, but right? that's played more for like transitions. Yes. There's a lot of music at the that's, beginning the because music of the is, wedding. Is solely for transitions. Right. That's it. Right. There's a lot of baby crying. Lots. Oh my god. Lots of babies crying. Of baby crying. And it was like always in important parts. It's right. Like as soon as you heard a baby crying, <laughs> shit, some shit is going Which down. Which sort of tied in because again, like. It's all about family. And right. And these, these, you know, there's a lot of babies around. There's a lot of kids around. Right. But I feel like you get to spend a lot of time with Michael in very specific moments. Like right before he's about to shoot these two guys, you have this really tight shot of his face and his thought process of like, oh my, oh like I'm about to do this, I'm about to do Am this. There's really no going this? back. Right. He knows that he's going to have to disappear after this. Right. Like this is, this is like the point of no return. Right. Essentially. And you can you can kind of understand his anger about his father, right? But to me, it was always like not only was it was it meant to be like right. written in the stars that Michael was supposed to take over because Sonny couldn't, right? James Conn's character Sonny had he was too hot tempered. Yeah, exactly. There's no way he no, could have been done because not... he would have just gone to war with everyone. Right. There would have been bodies everywhere. Which spoilers ended up happening anyways. Right. But Fredo was weak. Right. He he had a taste for like getting high off the off his own. Right, uh, yeah. So he couldn't have done it. No. And so I can understand Vito's reluctance about letting Michael in because he's a war hero. He was sort of the outsider right. who went away. Yeah. But at the same time it was clearly meant to be. <laughs> what is he doing? He's scratching. Oh okay. Like it was almost in his genetics to take over and I feel right. like it's sort of uh uh, a Heisenberg scenario where in Breaking yes. Bad he gets a taste for it yeah. and once he does then it's like oh this is what oh, I was meant to I'm do I'm really good at this right. that kind of thing and also at the same time I kind of like it right that sort of thing. yeah so it's I feel like it's a double edged sword yes. you have this innocent at the beginning but at the end a completely different man. Yes. Completely different. It's almost like welcome home. So what so watching it again, when did you first see? Cause that's something I, I love saying know is when I, you first saw it. If I can like nail down when I first saw like a full version of The Godfather. Hi, bud. I feel like I first saw this like in my teen years. Um, okay. I think it was one of those movies that we just ended up renting. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should watch this movie. But of course, the older you get, the more, you know, the the broader your understanding is. And so 
as I watch this as a 34-year-old as opposed to a 15-year-old. Yeah. You just appreciate the craft of filmmaking that it yes. took for, the day, for when it was made. Again, the 70s, in my opinion, were like the, the best as far as like the nitty-gritty nature yes. of American filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and you had this whole generation of directors. Right. Including Coppola, uh, Marty Scorsese, yes. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, yeah. Brian De Palma. Um, Basically, people that people have learned from, and have that's like yes. where cinema has come from. And it's interesting to see which direction each one went. Spielberg ended up going in like the blockbuster right. summer blockbuster right. creation, crowd pleaser thriller. Right, but he also does like movies like The Post and things like that, yes. Saving Private Ryan. Right. So he's he's all about. I feel like the big spectacle. Yeah. Martin Scorsese is very personal with New York City. Yeah. He found a muse in Robert like, De Niro. Like biopic type of a right. nitty-gritty biopic. Yes. And this sort of bridges back into Goodfellas, which yeah. is also a mobster movie. Yes. Um so Scorsese went sort of the mob and New York City. Coppola which, This actually I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Is this longer than Goodfellas? I think maybe by a few minutes. I think Goodfellas was like two hours and 40 minutes. And this I, is almost three hours to the minute. And I felt like this was better. Yeah. This was a better movie. Really? It held my attention way like more than different. Goodfellas did. Yeah. Goodfellas, I was like, okay, are we done yet? Well, Scorsese has like a completely different tone to his he movies. He does. His that's shooting true. style. It's a little more visceral, I yeah. think. Yeah. Coppola just kind of lets it breathe. And I feel like that's one thing I really noticed this time watching mm-hmm. is that, again, due to the fact that there were there was very little music, Right. They really just like you really got to know these people and you really got to know the dynamics and sort of like what you were saying about Robert Duvall's character about Tom Hagen being the consigliere. He he always treated it as business. So yeah. he always had a very level head. Yeah. So it was it was no different than him like being a lawyer for a corporation. Right. Essentially. Right. This is just his job and this is what we do. Right. And he handles one client, it's a special client and that's all he needs. Right. That kind of thing. But right. this is this is a way of life. It's kind of fucked up to the rest of us, and I think this is something we referenced in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. But this is this is what they did. Yeah, you know, this, this is, is still what people do. Yeah, you know, if you look, and I mentioned this last night. This actually ties into Very the person much. who was occupying the White House. In that, not only do the the Trump children see themselves as sort of this new Camelot Kennedy complex, which is so gross. Yes, I I feel like Trump being in the New York real estate market, um, the fact that he's like not only declared bankruptcy so many times and screwed so many people over in his lifetime, but he has that New York mafioso mentality. He does of family and loyalty above all. There's going to be a revolution. But loyalty to him. Mm. That's to him the, specifically. Yeah, that's but the, the And difference. that is the difference. Pretty good. But, but me, they also, me, me, me. But they also were like doing good at the same time in sort of their own fucked up right. way. Not, not Trump. <laughs> right. Not, not Trump, but the Corleones. Right. The Corleones. Yes. They, were, they were almost, it was almost like a public service. Wow. You know? The fact that we're saying that the Corleones <laughs> were better to society than the Trumps have well, been. Well, you don't have the Corleones trying to sabotage American democracy for the next generation. So here we are. Here we are. Um, This is what we've got. There were some other really amazing moments where, uh, specifically the scene where Don Corleone is talking to Michael. Michael. um, About who the traitor is going to be. And how he's like, I never wanted this for you, Michael. I never saw this for you. I saw you being like a senator or a governor. And he's like, don't worry about it. Like, here we are, you know. And what I loved about that is that it was almost like watching a parent, an aging parent, who's worrying and trying to tell their son or daughter 
like okay so when you water the plants remember yeah. you remember have this. to do you can't get it on the, the leaves like, you have that. to put it on the ground I already did that and I it's it like that's not talking about watering plants we're talking about meetings about murdering people right. like but yeah. he's yeah. just so sweet and yeah. so tender mm-hmm. and gentle with his father yeah. and it's just like i've taken care of it it's okay yeah. but he's still so respectful of yes. his father and his yes. opinion yes very but much so it, yeah i loved that yeah. scene i feel like the dynamics were just they, they were again conveyed in the first 20 minutes you had your setup you had your hierarchy you yeah knew everybody was and then the movie just starts again moving forward but you feel like i feel like you're, you're constantly hitting miniature peaks in this movie like one yeah. thing happens and then it sort of ratchets it ratchets up and and just more and more and more yeah until it gets to a point of no return right you know and you're along for the ride and you're also invested at the same time you're like oh fuck like like you said as soon as it ended you're like i want to watch part two now right but i'm like no it's 10 30 <laughs> yeah we can't um, we should have been in bed three hours ago right so yeah, I feel like again with the lack of music, with just the tight direction and writing, you really got to just know these people, and it wasn't yeah. rushed. It took no. its time. It it the, they let it breathe. It went on for as long as it needed to, but again, it didn't feel like a long movie. Not at all. You know. So the only thing that was lacking severely. Hmm. Was Kate's eyebrows. La di da, la Those ama- things <laughs> were thin as fuck. It was like someone took a pencil and just drew it on her face. Yeah. And was like, even that's a little bit much. Does anyone have a baby wipe? And they dabbed at it. I don't know why. And everybody else's eyebrows were fine, but her eyebrows were, were so like, thin. I was like, what is happening? You didn't notice? Yeah, I didn't even notice. I wonder if in This is two, like the Hugh Jackman where you noticed like his caked up face in Greatest Showman. Like that's I'm like, though. how could you not notice that this <laughs> woman's eyebrows. eyebrows are basically non-existent? I always, like, it always strikes me to see how how young everyone is right. in this movie. I feel yeah. like I said that like five times. Yeah. Oh, you did. Like, I we're going like, through. Oh, oh so, young. so young. Like, look at Pacino. He's a little boy. Oh, baby. Diane Keaton. And they're literally infants. They are just they're they're babies, you know. Yeah. For for those of us who were born in the early eighties, and then well, and too, like I think about um, Al Pacino's performance in Angels in America, yeah. and oh my god, like yeah. just seeing his sweet sweetness as Michael in the beginning yeah. of it, and then seeing I'm just like, oh, I can already see that evil lawyer yeah. from Angels in America, like uh, that was cast. Perfectly, yes, very much so. You know? As Roy Cohn, yes. yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Anyways, there was another thing that was so funny to me what? when the five families were meeting, uh-huh. and that one guy stands up, and he's not really a pivotal character, but he's got this little tiny monologue, right. and I'm like, oh, that's Cosmo from Moonstruck. <laughs> so then in my head, I'm right. like, this fan, I'm like, oh, okay. So he decides <laughs> after all the mafia heads have been killed off. Spoilers. He's like, okay, I've got to retire. I'm going to open a bakery or a flower shop or whatever it is with my wife. I'll go live with my brother and their daughter, Cher. Nicholas Cage will be there. Who is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. What? Who directed this movie. Yeah, I mentioned that before. You did. That's did. right. Yeah, you yeah, did talk about I did that. Mention that. I can't remember what it was, but you did mention that. Which sort of bridges into trivia, so shall we just jump right in? It was Fast Times. Fast Times, there That's it is. where it was. Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of myself for Good job, that. right on. Okay, so, yes, overall, good movie. Okay, uh, yes, trivia. Cue trivia music. Uh, 
Um, you referenced the cat. Yes. Uh, this cat has a story. Where Where do you think it came from? The Jellical Cats. <laughs> We're talking about the cat in the. His in, name is Skimbleshanks, in, isn't it? In the opening scene. It's no. It maybe it's that rum. Brando has no. Lap. It's the Rum Tum Tugger. I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I was raped by Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What no, about... no, I'm asking you. Like the, the, oh. the cat has a story. You want uh, me to come up with a story? Sure. Well, well, I don't know. I don't know. Like a good way to reference this. So maybe okay. I'll just tell you. Why don't you just tell? Why is just there tell... a story behind? <laughs> there it? Is yes, a story there is. The cat. Tell us, Ben. Um, the cat was actually just a stray wandering around the Paramount lot, and Brando wanted some business to do while he had this opening scene, so he just picked up the cat. And set it in his lap. So much so, and the cat loved him so much. I was going to say, that cat was just <laughs> all over him. That they had to ADR his lines because it was purring so heavily. Oh. So they had to go back and ADR all of Brando's lines. I noticed that the other guy, too, like yeah. all of his lines were ADR'd. Yeah, and they I couldn't had figure to, out why. Because the cat was purring so loud. That's hilarious. But he was so insistent about having it. So yeah, he just found this stray wandering around the Paramount lot. Picked it up. Kept it with him the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so the cat just shows up I, I love wonder it. what happened to that cat if he kept it or like took it to his shelter uh, or left it as a stray he just kind of sets it on the desk I know right <laughs> god okay um, another one there was uh, there's a couple of instances where this happens in the movie um, the guy who's waiting outside the hospital with Michael how yes. nervous he is yeah that's actually true like he was that shaky because it was his first time being on camera Oh, I thought that was fake. No, no. And also... Fake is in acting. When Luca Brasi comes and says, Don Leon, thank you for welcoming me to your home. Yeah, he's practicing yeah, his lines. But yeah. when he's actually face-to-face -face with Brando, yeah, and he, he stutters over up. his lines. Yeah. That was actually real. Because that was his first time on camera as well. And That's Coppola amazing. loved it so much. And it, it, again, tied in with like what was happening because he was so nervous about talking to Don Leon. <laughs> He's like, no, it was great. He's like, I stood over my lines. On your daughter's wedding be day. Child, a masculine child. Of a wedding day. Oh man. Um, how long do you think it took to shoot this movie? Okay, I I'm gonna guess over a year. Uh, I don't know how long though, just because there were so many locations. No, he Ben is shaking his head. How long did it take Ben? Sixty-two days. What? Yep, sixty-two days and under budget. Isn't that what? amazing? Yeah. 60 no. Days. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. That. Isn't that crazy? I can't. <laughs> My brain is totally yeah. exploding. Yeah. Man, they must have had like, their team must have been like, go, 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 go. Uh, like, got the shot, got the shot. Let's move it. Yeah. While that's happening, there's another B crew. That's right. Filming another scene. And, and maybe, I don't know. I'm sure there, there were wow. times where they were able to utilize that. But, that's uh, amazing. In, uh, in, 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 uh, Typical fashion of Marlon Brando uh, so in his career. He uh, he actually didn't memorize any of his lines. Right. He had them written on cue cards. Right. Uh, because he he liked the idea of not knowing his lines ahead of time. Right. Spontaneity. Right. And you can tell there are these small like not pauses, but there's like these beats between most of his lines. Yeah, where he like itches or, his his mustache. Or, yeah. 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 So it's natural looking, right. I guess. But again, like. It, yeah, this is Marlon Brando who who essentially invented the naturalistic style of acting on right, film, you know. Right. This is not the 10 commandments. This is no. 
Brando in post Brando where he's all about the realism and in the moment and everything, which is right. great. But yeah. he uh, he never memorized his lines. He always wrote huh. them on cue cards. Yeah. That would drive me crazy. That would drive like if I were a scene partner, that would drive me nuts too, because I would come in with my lines memorized. Right. But you, that's what you do. I'm that's a consummate professional. What what can I say? Right. <laughs> and when it came to awards ceremony, yeah. Al Pacino was nominated for an Oscar. Okay. What do you think he was nominated for? Best supporting actor. Yep. Yeah. And he boycotted the Oscars. He did. Because he technically had more screen time than Marlon Brando. And he was so pissed that he got a supporting nod instead of a leading, leading nod that he just didn't show up. What a dick. It was kind of a dick move. That Especially, like, given move. the nature of the movie. I under, a Part of me is like, yeah, you had more screen time, so maybe they could have nominated you, but Brando was already in for lead actor. Yeah. So, like, why? You got a fucking nomination. Just go. Yeah, like, be just glad. Just fucking go. Just go. You know? Be grateful. Um. What else? Oh, uh, James Conn improvised um, a lot of stuff on set. Okay. Namely, where he goes out and... <laughs> smashes the photographer's camera. That was... And pushes the FBI guy on the ground. Right, and then right. just tosses a couple bills at right, him. Right, right. And he improvised that as well. And they asked him, like, what like what led you to do that? He's like, well, you know, it, you know, where I grew up, if you broke something, you replaced it. So he takes money That's out of his pocket. He just amazing. Throws it on the but That's he, fantastic. Yeah, he was amazing. In this movie, he is. Yeah, and he's, he's so great. One of the one of the most famous death scenes, of course, where he gets yes. spoilers. He gets uh, yeah, just shredded out. On the this is way. why I don't ever trust toll roads <laughs> ever. Um, Pacino's maternal grandparents were actually from Sicily. Oh, where do you think they were from? Italy. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually specifically from Corleone. Really? Italy. Yeah, which is what Sicily, of course. Wow. Yes. So, God, that again. would be such an honor to like be a part of this story and know that that was yeah. part of your heritage. Yeah. Did um, they actually go to Sicily? They didn't shoot in Corleone specifically. They oh. had to shoot in another city in... Uh, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, the Sicilian town of Savoca, outside Terromina. Sure. Was used for shooting the scenes where Michael was in. Beautiful country. So, beautiful. Sure. Lots of goats. Yeah, uh, when when she turned on the car and what again, spoilers. That? No, I it actually made me think of the first time I ever had to parallel park. You know, it's like parallel parking is so scary when you're a teenager. You're just like, I don't know how to do this. I'm gonna hit the car behind me, and the visual of the car exploding. I'm like, that's exactly what would happen <laughs> if I got my parallel parking wrong. That's how I felt. Um, in the Sicily scenes, Michael's, like, constantly wiping his face with a handkerchief. Yes. Um, I thought it was due to the heat. No, it's because it, one of his jaws is broken. Right. yeah. He has to constantly blow out stuff. Right, Be, like, his sinuses were fucked up. And right. And that's actually from the novel, and so that's just, that's oh. something that they kept for the character, because I guess if you break your jaw, which makes sense, yeah, because it completely fucks up your entire face, right. that your sinuses would be screwed up as well. Right. So, I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Um, you know that uh, Francis Ford Coppola's sister uh, plays Connie. Right. But Francis's daughter is actually in the movie somewhere. Sophia. Sophia Coppola is in the movie. Uh, I'm going to bet she was one of the little girls that came up and said... Even younger. What? Even one of younger. the babies? Yeah. Very uh. specific baby, though. Oh, the baby at the baptism? Yep. That's oh, Sophia Coppola. She was cute. three weeks old. 
three weeks old, and she actually shows up in the third movie, which is actually what ruined it. And that's trivia for oh Godfather God. Part One. Da 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 da. Well, I so ultimately, I thought this was an incredible yes, movie. Like yes. it's one of those movies actually where it's not like something you would just put on sure. while you're cleaning the house or you yeah. Know. It's a sit down movie. It's a sit it's down an appreciation movie, but also movie. too, I feel like if you were, you know, at home. Uh, and it was on TNT, you would switch to it and stay on it. Yeah, yeah, like, even through commercials. Yes. You know, it's just one of those movies. It's such, like, an iconic... It is. Uh, an iconic... Mo- Rocket. Easy. Rocket. I know, it's so warm in here. It is. Asleep. He's falling asleep. It's an iconic movie, and again, in every sense of the word. I don't know if there's anything good about this movie that I can say that already hasn't been said it, then say it, Ben. Well, again, speak your truth. It shows like Coppola, like at the height of his power, in the sense that you have this entire generation of directors who came out in the late '60s, early '70s, who who made these incredible watershed films. Right. And when when anyone thinks of like the greatest films ever made, The Godfather is always in like the top five or ten. Yep. Dare I say a perfect movie? I don't know. <laughs> I as don't close know. to a per- okay for the time that it was made in yes that it, I for will a sixty two yes. for a sixty two day shoot made in nineteen seventy two yeah. by a, a feel, fairly new director right <laughs> I feel like for the movies that we've watched thus far if I was going to pick a quote unquote perfect movie Jaws would be the one I would pick yeah but again this can't like this all came out within the same couple of years right like Steven Spielberg's first big hit was Jaws right Coppola's first big movie was The Godfather yeah you know this is what these movies put these guys on the map yeah essentially and they were really young filmmakers yeah you know so it's uh you know what actually now that I think about <clears throat> it. I think actually of all the movies that we watched, the perfect movie would be Greatest Showman. <laughs> That's not funny at all. That's not funny at all. The Greatest Showman makes me angry. I know it Just does. Just talking about it. Makes I me know furious. it does. It's amazing. It makes, it makes me so furious that I like I like to go back and listen to the podcast about how angry I am. <laughs> because and it's not okay. it's oh. not anger out of like oh fuck this movie. It's anger out of like, oh, you think I'm an idiot. Right. Don't you? No, no. So I don't is, like being manipulated. So this is something for anybody that listens to our podcast on an iPhone. Uh, I don't oh, have an iPhone. Right. I have yes. an Android now. Yes, yes, yes. But Ben listens to... Do you think you can pull it up? Uh, yeah. yeah. Ben listens to our podcast, but he listens to spots of it <laughs> on half speed or like three quarters speed so that it's real. it sounds like, uh, like drunk Donald Trump. Yeah, here it is. It sounds like that. So turn it up way loud and put Let's it... Let's go. You know? Pull on the... Pull on the rubber glove. <laughs> and let's have it. You know what this movie felt like? <laughs> this movie feel like, Ben. You remember that episode of The Office where Andy tries to <laughs> write his own song? He's <laughs> Mr. <laughs> so if you want a really good laugh and maybe it's just because like we're the ones doing it and we find it incredibly funny I've, yeah but listen to it at half speed it sounds like we're shit yes it does so especially parts where we get really animated or like our voice goes up really high yeah you know it's great um, anyways anyways uh so yeah so this is part one part of two. one of two we'll yeah we'll record the second uh part of this um final episode if you haven't seen this movie 
fucking watch you really it. should it's like three this hours is one out of your life where i feel like people who are like oh yeah i haven't watched that should i really watch it though is it important that i watch it yes yeah it, it actually is. is like if you haven't seen jaws unless you have a problem with deep water <laughs> see jaws that you really should yes. see the godfather yes you really yeah, should absolutely. it's it's as important to me as seeing like the original star wars yes seeing it, of seeing a new hope yes which was george lucas's big. which if you haven't seen any of those then right. i do i judge you right sin a newbie judges and i'm you. gonna do a single episode about more of last jedi thoughts okay that's later though those are gonna be your bonus anyways ones. we'll be back uh yeah well so we'll post uh part two next week uh-huh and uh, yeah, we will continue on with the with the rise of Michael Corleone. Yeah, I realized I didn't. I don't have an unofficial sponsor, and it I didn't do It could be Godfather's Pizza. That's a real place, right? But they they need to officially sponsor us in order uh, for me to say. Can we ask them to sponsor us? I've asked a couple of places. Have you really? <laughs> yeah, I reached out to because our new uh, cover photo is the shot that we did for Schilling Cider. Oh, from that's forever right. Ago. Right, right, right. Uh, so I reached out to Schilling Cider, and I reached out to Movie Pass, oh. and I reached out to AMC Stubs. Uh, and they're all like, yeah. and I haven't heard back from any of them. Uh, well, so we'll try. if you know someone <laughs> who is willing to sponsor our episode, that basically means that you pay us a little tiny bit of money for us to talk about you. Uh, we would love to have an official sponsor. Yeah, that'd be versus fun. an unofficial sponsor. But this is season one, you know. I feel we're, like we're still getting our we're feet still wet. Still figuring and, it yeah. out. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, give us a like. Please rate us. Yes. It's really important that you rate us on iTunes or whatever and review us because that's what helps us get up on the charts Correct. and start to get more traction. Correct. So please, if you haven't done this already, take a second to rate and review our podcast. And be brutally honest. Well, but, but nice about if it. If it's a bad one, just don't do it. Just don't say something nice or don't say anything at all. Exactly. Well, that's not true. I want you to be honest. <laughs> Speak your truth. But speak it. <laughs> email with, us with if you kindness. want to cuss us out or something. Yes, there you go. Right. Uh, and we actually have an email account now. We do. Yep. So I married a cinephile at gmail.com. Woohoo! So if you. <laughs> we're also on Twitter. And on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, we are just Simac Podcast. Right. So I married uh, a cinephile, which is what Simac yes. stands for. Simac. So. It's not Similac. Right. Not Similac. Not the, not the not old the, folks drink. Right. The, uh, just Simac. Just Simac. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for part two of the Godfather series. In the meantime, go watch part one and follow along with us. Yay! What an adventure. Thank you. Bye. Bye.